Welcome to Growing Your Financial Advisory Practice Podcast by Snap Projections, Episode 4. I'm your host, Pavel Berminski, and my goal is to interview experts to provide you with insights, strategies, and actionable tactics that you can start applying to grow your financial advisory practice today. For more information, head over to snapprojections.com slash podcast. Now, let's introduce today's featured guest. Today's guest is John Page. John is an incredible person, and I feel extremely honored to have him on the show. John started in the industry as an insurance agent back in 1978 and developed a top agency with 50-plus advisors using a financial planning approach. Later, he established Patreon Associates as fee-based planners, where he developed a set of innovative processes to engage and serve clients with financial planning. After turning over that business to his sons and other partners, he focused on consulting and coaching financial advisory firms as part of Wealth Enhancement Academy. Since 2013, he served as a chairman and chief adjudicator of the Plumplus Global Financial Planning Awards. John, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. So in the last episode of our series, we discussed pricing and structuring your service offerings to become irresistible to prospects. And it was a great value-packed episode. So if you missed that one, I recommend uh, to check it out. But today we'll shift gears and we'll go into implementation mode and discuss conducting your clients meeting in a way to maximize conversions and potentially to weed out bad clients as well. So John, how do you approach conducting your first client meeting? Well, in actual fact, there's a couple of things that are really important that you do prior to the meeting to set it up. Um, what you want to do is you want to have the prospective client know something about you. Um, and you can accomplish that either by sending them, you know, some short information or simply directing them to, um, to your website. Um, if you're a fee-based planner, it's important that they, they know that ahead of time. So they're not kind of blindsided when you start talking about a fee. Um, so where do you start? You start with trying to discover what their value or what their values are. And I, I've, over the years, I, I've done this in a bunch of different ways. Um, but what I've found is that there's some certain questions that I like to ask that get people talking. And by the answers they give me, I have a, I have a pretty good idea of what their values are. And I can then move along. Great. So I'm really curious right now because uh, some advisors I know that they, have, uh, they struggle with uh, getting their clients to talk. So what questions do you ask them? Well, there's... Um, there's nothing too magic about the uh, the questions I use, um, but the first one is typically, I, and I get the I get the, I designate who's going to answer. It, it's going to be typically we're we're working with a husband and a wife, um, and in that case, I, I determine who's going to talk first. I you know give them a choice: who wants to go first, and. Um, then often I will pick the opposite person to go first. <laughs> so if they, you know, if they say, well, the husband will, I'll say, okay, let, let's start it with the wife, um, which generally gets a laugh that I reverse them. Um, at any rate, the first question is, uh, what do you like about spending money? Actually, 
what do you love about spending money? I'm sure you get some interesting responses to that one. <laughs> I do. I do. Actually, they, I, I focus the question more, not, not quite as wide open as I just said, but uh, what do you love to spend money on? In, in other words, what do you, how are you spending your money? And uh, the answers are, are interesting. And depending on what they say, I'll often tell them, well, tell me a little more about that. Uh, because you may find that you have to drill down a little bit. And it's real simple to do that. You just say, tell me a little more about that. I may say that phrase quite a few times during our initial conversation. One thing I'll mention um, that what's really important is that most of the talking be from them, not from, not from me. Okay, great. So I'm really glad that you pointed it out that you're asking the husband and the wife or both partners, um, of course. Uh, you probably get interesting uh, uh, information about their dynamics, right? So, so this can actually show you what, what are the values um, and um, highlight those values. So when you're asking the question, what do you love spending money on? Do you also ask a question, what do you hate spending money on as well? I do. I do. Uh, that, that's exactly what the next question is. And uh, you, you can probably guess what the most common answer is on that one. It's often taxes. Uh, and in fact, if it isn't taxes, I'm almost surprised. And typically, if, if they say, well, taxes, we, we ha I hate paying taxes. I typically say, well, tell me a little more about that. And they, people will tell you a little more about that. Um, they'll tell you what they're really thinking. Excellent. And I'm curious also, what other questions do you have on your list? Well, um, the, the next one that I would ask is typically, the, the first two questions are fun. Uh, the next question is a little more, is a little more serious. And I asked them, what is your greatest financial concern? Right. And uh, okay. And once you have the answer to that question, and some people may not have you know, huge pressing financial concern from them. Uh, so what other questions would you ask them? Well, that, that's um, the, let, let me just pause on, the, on that question because that is the most important question. And uh, you, you'll sense whether or not you've, they're they're really giving you the the correct answer. You can sense by um, if you're in person, which most meetings of this nature are, if at all possible. Uh, and if they're not, you're you're probably um, you're probably visually looking at them on a on a screen anyway. But you can almost see from the expressions um, whether or not you've really hit the bell because. What your greatest financial concern is, what, what I expect is I expect um, an answer that indicates they, they truly have some fear about it. And one of the interesting things I've, I've found is that if you're talking with um, somebody, let's say, over age 55, you, you're, you're probably going to, you're often going to get the answer. Um, running out of money in retirement. 
that is that is such a huge concern for people um, that no matter what sort of a safety net they have, that's the answer. I've done. I've, I've asked that question of people that I know could almost not run out of money. They could spend money freely and they wouldn't run out. And yet that's the answer. So that's, that's a, a, such an important question. And um, I make sure that I get an answer on that. I'm glad that you highlighted this again, because that's, uh, that's a really, really big question. It is. Do you have any other questions on your list? Well, yeah, I do. Um, I'll, I'll just give you one more that that I like asking, and basically, it's about their bucket list. Um, I don't use those terms, although when I first started doing this, I'd never heard the term bucket list, but um, that's pretty common now. So I may ask. I, I want to find out what's on your bucket list. Um, but it, you can also ask the question by saying, uh, tell me about what experience you haven't had that you want to make sure that you have. And um, it, even if I'm talking to, to somebody 75 years old, uh, I ask that question. So no matter no matter the age, never mind seventy five. If they're ninety, I ask the same question, um, and the answers to that one are are really incredibly interesting. Um, I had an occasion once that it so happened that I was meeting with two sisters, almost one right after the other, just a few days apart, and. Uh, what was really quite interesting is that they both gave the same answer. But what's more interesting about actually, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, they wanted to go on an Alaskan cruise. And um, when I first heard that, I asked them why they hadn't done that. And the answer was, I don't have anyone to go with. Believe it or not, they both said that. And what's really incredible is neither one of them knew that about the other one. I don't know how it happened to be Alaskan cruise, but that was a real bell ringer uh, when we talked about that. That's great. That's great to hear uh, this, uh, something like this. So I really like the, uh, the way how you asked uh, the question and especially the order of those questions because you're starting with something what they love to spend uh, money on and then you talk about the, the, the biggest financial concern and then you're ending on a positive note again, right? It's just a very fun yeah. question. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, now we have the client talking. They're talking 80, 90% of the time, which is great. But uh, let's go back to the objective of the first uh, of the first meeting with a client. So, what is really the the, the objective? What is the goal uh, that you have for the first client meeting? Is it just to get the information from them, or there is more to it? Well, I, the, yeah, there's definitely more to it. I I want to get information, and I I do want to get, you know, the uh, we have an expression: the hard facts or the soft facts. I do want to get the hard facts, but I, I typically I, I wouldn't start out with that because um, most financial advisors know that intuitively that you don't say uh, you know what's your net worth on the first question. So 
once you've gotten those value questions, now I can begin to move into the the purpose of the meeting a little deeper. My uh, let, let me stay it, state it again that um, the I, I guess I would summarize the objective as finding out what their values are, what their definitive objectives are, and what's an overview of their overall financial situation. And then I want to be able to evaluate whether or not um, it seems likely that we should work together. And that's not hard to do. Okay, so that's interesting. So you might be actually dealing with potential prospects that you don't want as clients. Even they may want to decide that they would want to work with you. So, uh, so can you tell me, how are you dealing with, uh, with, the, with bad clients, for example? What, what are the, some of the signs of a bad client? Well, I would say the very first sign is the way they answer the value questions. Um, typically, you'll find people extremely cooperative. And they actually, you can almost see them change during uh, during the answering of those questions. Um, there, there's an incredible amount of trust that can build up in really in just a few minutes by by those questions. Um, I've I've had financial advisors tell me that you know there there's no way that would work for me, but. On the opposite side, I, I recall doing a training session once. It was it was a couple days session, and one of the people attending was um, he was in his late sixties, and he was still going strong. And <laughs> he uh, once he had the questions on his way home, he stopped <laughs> to talk to a a person who had. Their, poli- their insurance policy was going to lapse. And uh, he didn't have, you know, much of a real relationship with this person. So he, he told them that he'd been to a training session uh, today in order to learn how to deliver more value to his clients. And he said, do you mind answering a few questions? And he actually flipped open his binder and he asked them the four questions. And he said he learned more by doing that than he had in 20 years selling insurance to them. So uh, I, I found that I found that to be very interesting. That's incredible. That's that's great. There's so much value. There's so much power in those questions. I can tell. Okay, so we let clients know a little bit more about what kind of uh, advice we can provide them just before the meeting. Then we have the meeting, we uh, go through those questions, we build trust with clients. How do we transition to the point that we can actually engage with those clients? How do you make this transition? Okay, that's, that, that's, really, that's really easy. Um, I, once, once we finish with those questions, I would say, well, that helps me understand a little bit about what your values are. And um, what I need to know now is I need to know what your financial objectives, what your goals and objectives are. So I'm going to ask you, I've got three or four questions that I'd like to ask about that. And uh, in this particular situation, you can both chime in. You don't need to necessarily answer them separately. 
And so the often the very first question that I will ask is, at what point in your life would you like to be in a position that you you know that you've you're you're done working you're not having a lot of fun working anymore and you'd like to be in a position that you can stop because the income is no longer a significant factor so what age would that be for you that you would that you would like to stop some people you really never want to retire. And if that's your situation, that's great. But most people have an age in mind that they'd like to be in that position. To be able to stop if you're still working, it's strictly because you want to. What age would that be for you? Okay, now we have that age. And what do we do next? Okay, well, once I've, once I've got the age, um, I talk about, what they think it would take based on today's dollars in order to provide them with enough income that they'd be able to do what they want to do. Um, so we're obviously we're using today's dollars and uh, it, I, I generally start out by asking that question. If they don't, if they struggle with an answer, then we might talk about well, what does it take to, to keep everything running now on a monthly basis, and um, you know, we're talking, yeah, and people always understand that question. Uh, you, what 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 I'm looking for? I'm looking for a number that if they get that amount of money every month, they pay what has to be paid, they do some savings, so on and so forth. Um, so I want to find out what that number is, and I. By the way, I should have mentioned this to you. Um, right at the very beginning, I let them know that uh, I'm going to record your answers. And when we're finished, um, I'll, I'll give you a copy. And that way, that way, the good thing about that is people, people will more, more remember what, what was talked about. And um, what I, 90% of the time for me, and this would not be true for advisors that are just starting out, but um, I like to have someone attend the meeting, one of, one of my colleagues, in order just to record the answers. That way I can really focus on listening. If not, uh, of course, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take the notes myself. So everything, those first four questions, I'm going to write down their responses uh, enough that I will remember it. And maybe I want to fill in a little more detail after the meeting. Um, but that's very key. And I apologize. I didn't mention that first. And people, uh, people are okay with that. The, the, some, some people that I worked with prefer to actually do a recording. And so they'll have a recorder that they'll turn on. Of, of course, they ask their permission first in doing that. And um, then they'll play the recording back um, to themselves. So, and, and you can give the client a copy of the recording too. Uh, the whole thing we're trying to do here is we're trying to be as transparent as possible. Uh, we want them to know that we, what we're sincerely 
trying to find out is what what makes them tick. What's important to them? Why do they get up in the morning? And um, so that's uh, I. Apologize that I didn't mention the uh, recording thing ahead of time. Okay, so that's that's all very very good. And uh, so we have the recording. Uh, we definitely captured this information about those four questions earlier. We know a little bit about when they would want to retire or maybe stop working if this is not what they're planning to do. And we have a little bit of uh, knowledge about how much they're spending right now. So one, how does this come up for, for you in a meeting? How do you engage a client? Okay. See, before I move into the next phase, I, I must emphasize the importance of sticking with goals and objectives until you sense that you've got them all. Uh, like what, what I will, I simply move into that by after we've talked about the, what I call the financial impact independence age and number that we say you know what else is important to you what are you trying to achieve like and I'll give them some examples like some people are you know they're trying to buy a cottage they're upgrading their home they're buying a place in Florida whatever it might be and I'll generally get some more information there then I'll talk about their their children uh, what's What's important that you do in terms of helping your children along? Sometimes that conversation will um, will take a little longer depending on how many children they have because I want to get an overview not only of how many children they have, but what stage of life are they in and uh, also how they're doing. Um, sometimes when you start talking about the children, that can end up being, you know, a, actually a long discussion. Keep in mind you're listening, but some people want to tell you about the difficulty they're having in raising the kids. It's important to know that. And on the other hand, uh, some will have children that are extremely successful already, and the children might even be financially independent. and. So then you also want to ask, uh, other than the children, is there anyone else that would be dependent on you? And often we'll, we'll find out, you know, mother and father, um, whatever the case may be. And I'll question about that as well to, to find out what their situation is. You may find they have parents that are living close to the poverty line. Um, so you're, you're probably not going to get another client there. But depending on what their situation is, uh, you, you want to know about what sort of what, you know, what do they have to do to to uh, support the their obligations, the things that they're used to doing. Now, once I've got all that, I summarize for them by saying, Okay, we I've found out a little bit about you know what your values are and now I feel I know something about your objectives and I might even restate those objectives uh to make sure that that I got it. And uh if necessary, I may ask them which is most important. In other words, 
if you could retire with that lifestyle that you wanted. And as a result of doing that, you're not going to be able to pay for your kids' education, which would be most important. Um, you know, you'll have some people say, well, you know, I made it through on my own and I want my kids to do that. Um, one of the wealthiest people that I ever worked with um, told me that he didn't want his children to have anything because he thought it would spoil them. So his kids all paid their own way through school and worked. So we're now at the point where I would say to them, once I do a little summary of um, their values and objectives, I would say, now it's important that I shift into a little different mode and try to get an overview of your overall financial situation. So give me, give me some idea. And sometimes before I ask specific questions, when I say I want an overview of your overall financial situation, they'll start spitting out information. So uh, I may not even need to ask very many detailed questions, and then I can just kind of fill in the blanks after that. Um, it, I just want to I just want to go backwards just for one one more second here to to make sure that everyone knows that up front the person that you're talking to understands what the whole purpose of the meeting is. And I would summarize that purpose to say that you're trying to determine uh, whether or not you're right for each other, uh, that you can genuinely help them in some important areas of their life. So now I'm, now I'm, I'm getting the, what we always call the facts. You know, um, I'm I'm finding out about their their net worth, and if they tell me about their assets, um, then of, of course you you have to ask about their liabilities. Uh, we you can also summarize when you're going into that phase by saying, you know, I need to find out a little uh, more about what you own and what you owe. Sounds good. So we have a lot of information from, from clients, all the way from, from their values uh, to their financial independence uh, age and, and number, the goals and objectives. Now we are getting a little bit more information from about their financial situation. Uh, so what, what is next for us? And when do we actually talk about working together? How do you bring this up? Okay. Um, well, it's, it's typically not a surprise once I've got that information. Um, I tell them what I'd, what I'd really like to do is I'd, I'd really like to, um, end our meeting today and I'd, I'd like to be able to kind of assemble and think about your overall situation to see whether I think I can really be a benefit to you, uh, and whether or not it would, you know, potentially be good for us to work together. And we've, we've developed a, a little process that we call the initial assessment and evaluation. And uh, basically, it's a little report. And the report, I, I know you would find very useful. Um, and 
I may, depending on how much time I have, I may show them an example of what I've done for someone else. Obviously, um, protecting the, the names and the uh, the privacy of the information. And what that report is going to show them is it, it will focus on the financial independence area. I'm going to run some numbers to try to determine at and really, do they have enough money to do what they want to do? And often people don't. Um, sometimes they're shocked at how much it takes. But don't be concerned if you end up with just the reverse situation that they have so much money that they, I mean, they could burn it. Um, so whatever it is, it'll, it'll come out in this little report that we do that is called the initial assessment and evaluation. So they are starting to get, particularly if I show them an example, they're starting to get anxious already about what's going to be in this report. And so that's a, it's a very strong hook that there's no question we will have another meeting. Um, and the only time I wouldn't do that is if it's just totally obvious to me that there's not enough here to, to work with. And if that's the case, I'll make a very graceful exit. Okay, that sounds good. So then uh, potentially we'll end this uh, first meeting and then uh, you will be able to uh, provide them the report. And then from that, uh, understand that would lead to potential engagement of the client. Correct, correct. And they they know that because that's part of, you know, looking at the report. I told them I'm going to, you know, look at it and determine in what ways we might be able to provide value to you. That's great. So the, there is a lot of information, a lot of, I would say, emotional content in those meetings. Do, do people get emotional in meetings sometimes with you? Do you remember some of your best client meetings? <laughs> yeah, some uh, sometimes they do. Um, even on the greatest financial concern question, um, that one, if depending on what their situation, of course, sometimes that even brings out a fair amount of emotion um, because they're genuinely concerned. And <clears throat> sometimes it'll be very different that let's say the husband has no concerns and the, the spouse is, uh, is really concerned. She's afraid sometimes because she doesn't know what the situation is. John, let's uh, wrap this up with the last question. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, if you were to reiterate something really important, what would that be? Well, I, I think the most important thing is that you must have a repeatable process and that everyone that you work with Every new person that you work with, you you take them through this process. And if you have clients already that you would not have any idea what their answers would be to the questions that you've asked uh, these people um, that, that you're talking to, it would be, you know, quite easy to redo uh, in fact, I would say that most advisors I work with, once they learn the process, when they're doing a review, 
they'll tell the their their client that they have discovered some ways that they're able to add a little more value to to people they work with and there's a little report that we do um, and so often that initial assessment and evaluation report is being run for you know somebody that's been a client for 10 years that you that you really never you, you didn't know whether or not you even had all their assets this is fantastic, uh, John, because every time when I ask you some questions that typically the process orientation comes up. So um, I look forward to some of the uh, upcoming episodes that we'll spend a little bit more time talking about the processes that you use. John, in the, if anyone wants to get a hold of you in the meantime, how would they do that? What's the best way to reach you? Okay. Um, the best way to reach me would be to send me an email. And it's at jpage. Uh, P-A-G-E at M-Y-W-E-A dot net. That stands for My Wealth Enhancement Academy dot net. Excellent. Thank you. And we'll link it in the show notes so uh, listeners will um, have a chance to email you uh, there as well. All right, John, thanks for coming on the show again and providing so much value to our listeners. My pleasure. And I look forward to continuing our conversation in episode five, predictably growing your practice with systems, tools, and referrals. Bye.